Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast. Today's a real special day because I've got somebody uh, who I've looked up to for many years and and many of you listening to this podcast have probably studied uh, him and his work and everything as well. He's uh, um, uh, somebody who's a household name in the copywriting industry. So I'm really proud and grateful for, to have John Carlton on the call today. So, uh, John, thanks for coming on the call, man. Oh, I thought you were talking about somebody else when you said it's a household <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, no, um, glad, glad to be here, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. So um, most of the people listening... So this will know um, uh, who you are, maybe not in, as in-depth as uh, what I do, but uh, um, uh, for those who aren't familiar, uh, who are, uh, for those who are uh, stupid enough to not be familiar, can you tell us a bit about uh, how you got started? Because I know you've got a really fascinating story. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the short version. I was um, 33 when I realized that the slacker lifestyle I was living wasn't going to cut it. Uh, I was, you know, I'd lost my girlfriend, my place to live. I was living out of my car and uh, uh, lost my job. It was, uh, and things weren't, what I was doing up to that point wasn't working. So I sat down and I thought, well, you know what? Nobody's going to save me. I'm going to have to save myself. So I got busy reading and uh, it took a while to get around because nobody recommended anything to me. And I got around to uh, Think and Grow Rich and discovered what goal setting was. Just astonished me as a slacker most of my life at that point that you could actually want something, make a plan to, to, to get it, and then put that plan into action. That just yeah. blew my mind. I know people now kind of take it for granted, but folks, it ain't part of the natural uh, brain chemistry that we have, this idea of looking forward, making a plan, and then putting that plan into action. That's, that's a life-changing thing. So once I got busy, um, I really started, I really poured myself into the idea of becoming a freelance copywriter. I'd never met one before. There were no books written by any freelancers. There were very few freelancers on the scene at this point. This is the early 1980s. Yeah. And I happened to be living in a good part of the country. I was down in Los Angeles. I was actually living on the beach in uh, Hermosa Beach. I uh, had a little 1920s wooden of uh, ramshackle uh, house over a garage, a, a studio really, but I had a full view of the ocean and the beach and it was a great place to write. And one of the reasons that was so good was there were a lot of agencies at the time who were getting involved in direct response. And I wanted to be in direct response because when I started looking at advertising in a way to get good at it, I realized that direct response was the way to go. And that most agencies and most advertising out there was anything but direct response. Yeah. Direct response, we ask for action. We try to make the sale. We complete the deal as much as we can. Whatever the next action is you want the prospect to take, you get them to that point with your writing. Uh, most advertising out there is like they do slogans or they try to be cute or funny and they're, they're all based on the strangest uh, ideas of what advertising should be. Most people don't understand it. So at the time I was down in LA, they're all gone now, but when I was there, there were a couple of agencies who were doing direct response. One of them was Ogilvy and uh, Mather doing a, uh, yeah. a uh, LA office and, and a few others. And so I just started going around and I had one book uh, to my name that had anything to do with copy 
and that was uh, John Capel's tested advertising methods. And yeah. I had stole that from the first copywriter, the first pro copywriter I'd ever met at a, one of my last jobs that I got fired at. And uh, I stole their copy and read enough of it to realize I could probably become a freelancer myself before she stole it back. She was convinced I would fail, so she didn't want to help me. So I had that one book, I, I bought my own copy, and that one book led me to a lot of other books at the library. So that, but, and I, I read, I read voraciously for a very short burst of time. So that by the time I had my first interview at an LA agency, I knew more about direct response than they did, even though they were a direct response agency. I learned that most agencies don't have an ongoing uh, education system there. They kind of learn a few tricks and then they get going and then they think they're madmen all of a sudden. So anyway, I was down there. I was working for the agencies. I, I got a reputation. Uh, Jay Abraham was down there. I met Jay Abraham uh, because I was keeping an eye on, on things. I heard about him. I went down and I met him and I wound up working for free for him in exchange for free run of his office, yeah. which I could go to all the parties and everything. And uh, I met Gary Halbert there. And through Gary Halbert, I had a wonderful career for a long time working with him. We started putting on a lot of uh, the events. We kind of invented the hot seat model mm. and, and the, the marketing seminar as it's presented today. We didn't do it on purpose. It was just kind of a natural thing. If we hadn't done, somebody else would have, but we were putting on the first ones. And we did that for a long time through, through Gary. I met Dan Kennedy, hung out with him a bit. Um, and then uh, uh, through a lot of other people. And then uh, in the 90s, I settled back and got back into writing rather than trying to do deals, became strictly a writer, wrote all of the ads that I'm now notorious for, all the golf ads and self-defense ads and all those things, which a lot of people are still using in their, in their RIP files. Yeah. Um, and then in uh, 2001, I decided uh, that you know being a happy anonymous writer was too much fun and I needed to work a little harder. So I became a guru and started speaking at events, wrote my first book, Kick-Ass Copywriting Secrets of Marketing Rebel and took on a business partner, Stan Dahl. And uh, that's been about uh, going on almost 20 years now. So, wow. so that's my story. Yeah, and I met Stan at the, uh, the event that we just spoke at together as well. And he's, a, he's an awesome guy as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that was really fascinating and uh, um, I know a lot of a lot of that story, uh, um, and uh, you know, having studied you for many years. But uh, some people coming along, you know, um, uh, may have been studying people like uh, uh, you know, um, I don't know the modern copywriters are. Because I'm sort of a geek for the old, old school. And I mean, you're yeah. um, uh, you're not not that 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 much old school, but you're you're sort of uh, in the originating uh, part of that. Where um, when, you know, when I first met. Jay Abraham and Gary Halbert, what we had in common was a love for all the guys who had written about advertising who were now dead. Yeah. So it's like uh, John, uh, 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 John, John Caples, but also Claude Hopkins, especially Claude Hopkins. Yeah. And at that point, as I recall, Claude Hopkins was out of print. He was back in print. He's in print now, but he wrote his stuff back in the 1920s. And there were a lot of guys from the turn of the century and it was just gold. And that was like a secret handshake. It was like, you'd meet a writer yeah. and said, Hey, you know, so tell me who you've been reading. You know, if you mentioned Claude Hopkins, you know, bang, you know, you're part yeah, of the secret. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. And uh, I was a big fan of guys like uh, Noel Martin as well. I mean, I would, I'm not sure if he's, if he's, if he's still alive or not, but his, uh, his work with fascinations with the bullets was 
uh, it was really eye-opening for me as well. Right. So um, uh, you uh, kind of went down that path of freelance copy, you know, um, without having that uh, that uh, you know, as sharply defined for you, uh, for you as it is now. You can get uh, a million books and courses and True. seminars and on the whole thing and, and everything. So. Um, but one thing that I think is a key to that, and, and you put this brilliantly when you uh, when you did your presentation at the uh, at the, the Drayton uh, event in Poland that we spoke at, and I remember that you you said this again uh, at the uh, at the table when we were sitting together with Bond and Caleb and having, uh-huh. uh, and, and this was one of the most amazing but simple things that uh, um, that I've heard you say. It's uh, it's goes. Uh, be where you say where you said you'd be, uh, having done what you said you'd do um, at the time you said you'd do. Is that is that how it goes? It's be where you said you'd be. Yeah. When you said you'd be there, yeah. having done what you said you'd do. Yeah. So I I call that the professional's code. There, you know, I I, I made it up, but you know, I I I discern this from being around professionals and trying really hard to understand what was the difference between a true pro, a wannabe pro, and a goddamn civilian, yeah. or a rookie, and and a lot of it had to do with, and it's not just being prompt. It's 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 understanding the idea that deadlines matter. A lot of you know, when, when you take on a client, he's counting on you to come through. Yeah. This isn't something you should just do when you get in the mood. Pros don't wait for inspiration. They don't wait for convenient times. Uh, they write w- what needs to be written, when it needs to be written. I, I cut my teeth in those first years. You know, I, I had no backup money. I had about one month's rent left. Yeah. It, my name and I had no plan B when I started out. That was the big thing. I'd only met one copywriter in my life, never met a freelancer. I just knew they existed and I had to make everything up. But so I figured I better, you know, I had this gun to the head philosophy and it's like with a gun to my head that would go off if I didn't make this ad work, would I go out drinking before I sat down and wrote it? You know, would I miss the deadline? You know, a lot of the stuff is obvious. But I would, you know, I often stayed up all night. It's uh, uh, the big thing for me, Brian, was even more simple than that. It was business before pleasure. As a slacker, it was party before business. You know, it was, uh, I was yeah. partying several days a week and it was just that, you know, I lived for the weekend and all of that. Then I decided to get serious about things. And, you know, if I had an ad to do, I didn't go out on Friday night or Saturday. Mm. And, um, you know, I would stay back and, and I would think, do I want to go out with the guys drinking or do I want to read another business book? This one's sitting here. And I, I realized that I would rather sit with the business book for a while. I didn't kill my social life entirely, but I did dedicate myself to making this stuff work. And also a tip about reading books. A lot of people, I've met a lot of people through the years who are book learned, especially about advertising but there's no experience behind it. So one of the things that I did that helped was every time I read a book, I knew I'd get one to three good ideas out of it, but probably only one. And before I could pick up another book or do anything, I had to put that principle into operation. So being a freelancer, you've constantly got jobs, you're looking for jobs, you're, you're constantly testing your sales chops. So I would use what I'd read and I was, you know, and pay close attention. Did that work? You know, did, did it 
you know, was it a good idea that didn't work? Is it, is it something I want in my bag of tricks? And pretty soon I, my metaphorical bag of tricks became really big, thick, deep, and heavy. Hmm. And that's where, that's where the, the real uh, value of reading a lot is. Not that you know about stuff and you can quote Claude Hopkins, but that you know what's is, what is of value from that and you've put it to use in actual advertising and marketing. Yeah, that's a, that's a really amazing distinction because so many people are, I find what, what we call, uh, you know, Facebook experts. They can write a really good post mm -hmm. on Facebook and, and uh, sound all expertise but, you know, um, when it comes to putting stuff in action, they're, they're book educated, like, like you said, you know, that yeah. they know a lot of stuff, but they've never actually used most of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so being, being a, a professional was very, very important to me. You know, you had asked me, Brian, earlier before the call, if I, you know, if I'd come across anything that really made, you know, a big difference to writers. And I, you know, I, I actually, I've been telling, saying this because I want posterity to know this. I invented the term A-list copywriters. <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. I was writing a newsletter and I wanted to separate the guys on the top of the game from mm -hmm. the broad middle group of copywriters and from, from the rookies. So I just said they're A-list. You know, it's like, it's like Hollywood's A-list, you know, Jack yeah. and, and and uh, you know, share and, and stuff like yeah. that. So, so the A list. However, I started thinking about it because people ask me, "What? What did? Who? How do you get on the A list?" And back when I was thinking about the A list, there were only about fifteen, and they're all guys. Uh, now there are women, but there's only about fifteen of them. And these are these are writers that you can go to, drop a project in their lap, and they will they will get it done and be and write a control. At, at an astonishingly high percentage, I mean, close to 100%. Yeah. And if they, if they have, and they, they will keep after it to make it the control for a very long time. But the, the main, but, but the other thing is, they don't come just as writers. Most of the A-listers are also valuable consultants. They will tell you if your offer sucks. They will say, they will ask you, have you tested, um, you know, different price points. Yeah. Have you, you know, have you done this? Do you have a back end? You know, they, and they just come with natural set of marketing tools that they'll put a client through the, through the grinder to make sure that all things mm -hmm. are there because the writer's making a percentage of the action and he wants that to, to be the most. But the reason I brought up there were only 15 back then in the late eighties, these were guys who were writing controls for the largest direct mailers in the business and now we're back online. But there are still, I ask around a lot, there are still only about um, under two dozen A-list writers in, in the world. Guys mm -hmm. with chops to be able to, uh, for a business to essentially put the survival of the business into their hands and, and let it go. So it's something to aspire to, but you don't get there, you don't go rookie to A-list. You go rookie to journeyman to, you know, veteran writer. You got to spend some time. And after you had, you had asked me about, you know, you know what, what, what it takes to be in the A-list, I, I came up with a little formula. And it's oh. empathy plus craft plus experience equals A-list. And, and those seem simple, but learning empathy can be a huge jump for a writer. It's the one thing missing from most writers who can't uh, consistently write winning copy. And uh, in fact, I, just, I was just going back and forth about this with another uh, couple of writers on an ad that we saw out there that just lacked empathy in a, in a market that required a lot of empathy. 
and it's not standard uh, equipment in a lot of people's heads. It's usually a very limp muscle mm -hmm. in anyone's heads. A lot of people never bring it out. I'd say maybe 20% of the population naturally experiences empathy. And of the professional writers I've met through my career, the good ones, 100% of them, have either, either are easy, have an easy acquaintance with uh, empathy or have worked really hard to become em empathetic. And for anyone who doesn't understand what doesn't understand the difference between sympathy and empathy, you need to get a dictionary and look mm. it up. Mm. Uh, but then the the formula is plus craft, and that's the big thing. That's where you do want to read a lot. You want to work under mentors. You want to you want to you, you want to learn how the good stuff is written. So that's that's where the skill level of being an actual writer comes in. That's the craft and knowing what goes into into a good piece, knowing when to start pitching. When knowing what it takes to close a sale. So understanding salesmanship, marketing, storytelling, all of that's craft. And that can take, you know, at six months you can get okay. But for me, it took several years before I got really good at it. And a lot of writers have been at this game for a decade or more and still are working on their craft. And then the last element of the equation is plus experience. And that's what drives a lot of young writers nuts is that, they don't want to wait. They don't want to, you know, they want this to all happen now. And you just can't do it. You've got to get your nose bloody. you got to go out there and try things. And you, got, you can't say, I heard this from uh, Dan Kennedy. And so it's, it's a definite thing that will work. Well, mm -hmm. that's one way to have a, a, a trick in your bag. A better way is to say, I learned this from Dan Kennedy. I tried it on three different pieces and it works. So I've, I've road tested it myself. Yeah. And if you're not road testing stuff all the time, then you're never going to make the A-list. Um, so, you know, th th there's, it seems like a simple empathy plus craft plus experience, but it, each one is, is quite deep. And with, without any of those, there's no way you're going to make, make, make the A-list down the road. Uh, with all of those and with a, um, with a network involved, uh, in other words, other, other people you can talk to, other writers, you keep challenging yourself, you work against other writers, you, you challenge other writers, you go up against existing controls, things like that. That's all part of the experience thing. So there's, there's, there's a lot to be done. But once you get into it and you start rolling, then it's, it can be really fun. Yeah, it certainly is. And the, and the empathy part, going back to the formula, which, which is uh, um, simple but you know, profound, uh, I mean, uh, you say the empathy part of that formula is, is the most important part? I, you know, I knew you were going to ask me that and I was trying to think, and <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're all three equally important. Uh, each one earned its place in the formula. So without experience, the whole thing falls apart. Mm -hmm. Without craft, the whole thing falls apart. Without empathy, the whole thing falls apart. It's, so yeah. it's, kind of like, it's kind of like infantry, cavalry, and artillery. Yeah. Um, you know, which is more important? Well, it depends on, you know, they're kind of all important, you know. Yeah. A, a better question would be, which, you know, which one is, uh, you know, contributes most to the success of a campaign? Because uh, to ask which one is uh, the most important is to, you know, like assume that it could support itself where you, whereas you need all three, you know. Um, what I'm wondering is, you know, if, if empathy gives a lot of weight to your success in here, how do you sort of work on a on a on a soft skill like that? How do you know if what you think is uh, uh, you being uh, empathetic um, 
is actually not that much in the and and so you would need to work on it. How does a, a person go out and improve that as a skill? See, the, the formula takes care of that experience. You can't intellectually understand empathy. Mm. Um, I, I have another saying that I've been throwing around for about 30 years now, and that's salesmen lead better lives. And that doesn't mean, a lot of people misinterpret that. It doesn't mean the salesmen are better people naturally or, or that they uh, somehow are superior to others. What it means is that the way life is, and, li and marketing and life are completely in intertwined. Yeah. Um, it's complex, it's confusing, it's wonderful and, and horrifying all at the same time. Um, you know, joy goes hand in hand with grief. There's, you know, pathos, tragedy, comedy, drama. It's all going on all the time. And um, knowing this as, as a writer is, is, is essential. So you've got to, um, uh, as, well, let, let me rephrase that. As a salesman, when you understand people, well enough and this is craft when you understand people's motivations where they're coming from that would be like the uh demographic so you know the you're, you're the list you're writing to or the or the targeted audience you're going after in a certain ad is married men 35 to 45 uh you know making under 100k a year who need blank that, that would, once you know that and you start to get empathetic about that, you start understanding and looking for the behaviors or the things that, that they will challenge so that you can make your pitch and you will understand where they will say, that's bullshit. Or they'll say, yeah, eh, maybe. Or they'll, or they'll start to argue with you. Or they'll think, nah, I've heard that before. And you've got to know that. You can't just get a a cartoon cutout of a prospect and kind of figure, yeah, it's male. I, I get it. You know, I know. And you write to them. There's a lot of things going on. You're talking about another individual as deep or deeper than you are in your, you know, in, in your life. So, so salesmen understand this. Salesmen understand how life operates, how, and, and they understand that people to, to understand people, you have to look at what they do, not what they say they'll do. And this changes everything. So once you realize that you're in a world full of people who will tell you they'll do one thing and never do it, people who will say they're honest and then be dishonest in the, in the, next, you know, in the next minute, you know, people who are walking around in a, in a zombie daze and really, really have no goals and no idea what they're doing. They're just bobbing on the surface of the ocean, like mm. flotsam and jetsam. And, and once you understand all of this stuff, then, you know, you don't hate people. You, you actually love them a little more because you understand where they're coming from. And then you want, if, if, if you're selling an ethical, good product that can make their lives better, you're kind of like a white knight. And, the, and this is a great feeling to have that you're actually going to help people. You know, Dan Kennedy is now, you know, in a situation where people are writing him letters saying how much he meant to them. Now, he had a sense of this, of course, but he never really knew. And now that, you know, he's, he's, he's got compromised health and uh, people are now writing, you know, profound letters, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters are coming in. And he and he, he's astonished. He's he's he never realized it, that his uh, his influence went, went quite that deep. So. You know, it's, I, I don't know, salesmen lead better lives. 
because they understand life and they get into life. They roll up their sleeves and they understand things. So they aren't sucker punched by life. They may have a horrible life. They, they may get divorced. They may, they may do stupid things that, that cause health complications. All kinds of things will happen to them, but they're almost never surprised by it. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a sense that they understand and have a grasp of life. I, I think that's the most important thing. The most important part of craft for a writer is salesmanship. And that's why I, I, when I started out, I started getting information from the guys who were still or had had experience selling door to door. Both Halbert and Abraham had done that. Uh, guys who, who knew what it was like to look another person in the eyes and, and close a deal. And, you know, a lot of people now, especially online, they've never met their clients or their customers before. Mm. And they have only a vague idea of what's going on. So when things go wrong, when pieces don't work, when controls fail, they are in a situation where they need help. And, uh, you know, a good A-list writer already knows it. We've, you know, you experience life as you're writing, you know, so that going out drinking with the boys or going on a tour, uh, you know, going to a museum or just traveling a bit is no longer just having fun. You're actually soaking up more stuff that you can use later in your copy. Every person you meet, every situation you're in, every disaster, every adventure, every exciting and boring thing that happens to you, you put you more and more in touch with people. And then, and also watching, you're always watching people. How are they acting? How are they behaving? You know, how did how, how do they act when they behave when they're feeling good? How do they act? How do they behave when they're uh, feeling bad, when they're feeling pressured, when they're under stress, when things are not going well? How, how, how do they act? What do they need to do? So that's that's why I say that about salesmanship. Yeah, I agree. And I had a sense of this myself many years ago. I've been doing this about 15 years and and around about 2005, uh, um, I bought a, uh, a retail business and I got out of a, uh, an engineering job and I bought a retail business and I was doing the marketing and I had been studying the response for a few years at this time, but I, I suddenly realized that I, I didn't know how to sell. I'd never had a sales job. I'd never, huh. um, you know, I'd studied, I was book learned a little bit by that time um, and even writing some copy here and there, but I didn't have those sales chops. So what I did was I went out and I went for, for two years I went and did different sales jobs. I did door to door. I did the over the phone selling. I did all the stuff like that. I even, I even sold karate memberships door to door, and I sold charity programs and all that sort of stuff. Because I knew that, that I needed to get um, my head around exactly the stuff that you've just been talking about. Yeah, that's that's you know that's good advice for anyone who is questioning their ability to sell or their experience with life or anything. Just you know, get a sales job and do everything critically. You know, when you read a book, read it critically. You know, when you read a good phrase or you come across a good idea, stop and acknowledge it. Um, if you're reading something that's nonsense, then, you know, challenge it. Say, that's, that's not true, is it? And when, when you're, you know, when, when you're out there selling, you know, really think about what, what, what happens. You know, I, I, I have been in rooms full of really good salesmen and I've asked them at what point did you see a no go to a yes? Do you, do you have any stories about this? And most of the good ones do have stories about that. They also have stories where yeses went to no's yeah. you know, during the pitch. And, you know, it's like, it's like they didn't just say, wow, so this guy, yeah, I don't know what was going on. The guy was crazy. And he said yes. And then he said no. No, they thought, 
they, they, they have a little story. Oh, yeah, it happened when I wouldn't shut up after I said the whole pitch. You know, there's an old salesman thing. Say mm. the pitch, then shut up. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't keep pushing after you've made the sale. So, so the, the, this is where all those sayings come from. Reading the old books is great because I like the cliches, and I wrote a lot of them down, and I would hang them up on the wall. My wall used to be covered with Post-it notes. Um, of every little thing I'd heard. And the, the little anecdotes and the uh, cliches were the best uh, because they were true. They came, they came from yeah. something. They, you know, people roll their eyes at them, you know, but it uh, worked pretty well for me. Mm. Mm. So um, I won't keep you much longer, John. Uh, what you've dropped so far is, is uh, probably one of the most amazing calls uh, that we've had so far on the show. So oh. uh, is there... Um, uh, anything else you'd like to share about um, how a person might, you know, uh, one day consider be, uh, being an A-list copywriter? What, what, what kind of things they need to do along their journey besides all, everything you've already covered? Yeah, it's, it's also a, a cliche, Brian, but, but you've got to keep challenging yourself. And you've got to, you know, I have taught a number of writers through the years how to write. I've put a lot of, pe a lot of writers in very, very prestigious jobs by you know, teaching them the inside secrets as those secrets were taught to me by guys like Albert and Abraham. Like yeah. um, what was I gonna say? Oh, it was so profound, Brian, you won't believe it. <laughs> oh, it was, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was the thing about trying to, trying to shortcut things. Um, writers, Writers need to have a little bit of masochism involved too. You've got to, I, 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 oh, I, I know what, what I meant. There were a number of writers who, who got really good and I told them, you're good. You can be a professional writer now. But they wanted to go to the A-list, so they went and started pitching themselves to the biggest mailers or the largest clients out there. And I reeled them back in. I said, no, no, you're not ready for that. Start, you know, do the latter. Don't try to skip things. Mm -hmm. And um, I saved a, a number of guys' careers who would have got, who would have failed at the highest end. You know, the, the top the top businesses out there that use A-list writers, the, a lot of them will nurture writers along, but they got to see something in you to nurture. If you if you start if you start bullshitting and thinking and selling yourself a little too fast, and you wind up in a job that you really can't handle. That's not good. Much better is to wind it back a bit and keep doing jobs that maybe stretch you, your talents or your, your experience a bit, but don't do it unknowingly. Do it so that you, you, know, you, you, you have an idea what's going on. Find some, you know, in your network of writers, make sure you talk to them about what's going on. If they have experience in that market, you know, arm yourself and do it. Don't oversell yourself. Remember, you're dealing with clients who are depending on you. Without copy, they are nothing. And that's across the board, every market, every niche, every business there is. Um, and, 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 they, and most marketers don't know how to write. So you, you are the linchpin to their wealth, happiness, and survival. So don't, don't be coy about this. Don't try to sell yourself as better than you are. But don't undersell yourself either. So knowing that, I mean, I wouldn't walk into a automobile dealership and say, "Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can sell cars," because I've never sold cars. I've, mm. you know, I've sold other things, and I could figure it out. 
And I certainly have a number of people I could go to to learn some things, but I wouldn't present myself as a slam dunk in that. However, there are 30 or 40 other niches and markets that I can very confidently say, yeah, I know exactly what to do. And if you have a good product and we have a good offer, uh, I will write the copy. And and if you have a list you can reach or you know how to bring in the right kind of prospect, we'll make this a success. And I will more or less bet the farm on it. Mm -hmm. But that's from experience. That's not from, you know, cocksuredness. Yeah, yeah. it's it's very sage advice for... um, for people who sort of want to uh, uh, jump up the ladder and, and skip all the hurdles and, and you know, they read a book today and they want to be a high-paid guru tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, which is what, like, you know, uh, slow and steady isn't, you know, isn't a very good sales pitch for, um, for the business opportunity industry. You know, no one's going to buy that book. So, but, but it's <laughs> because no one wants to do the, what's required to actually succeed, which is actually do the work. Yeah, and as, as you know, I've had to... I've had to couch my advice, which is, you know, basically, um, you know, grow up and get, get serious about what you're doing. I've had to couch that in other terms throughout my career and, you know, and talk about how easy and fast all, you know, all this stuff can happen when I've been talking to writers. I I don't want to get them. I, I don't want to get them discouraged right off the bat. And I will lead them gently into the easier parts. But, you know, at the end of the day, the lessons come down. Yes, it's easy, you know, when when you know the secrets, but the experience thing still matters and honing your craft will still take time. So, you know, even taking it slow and steady, you can still take 50 clients a year. You can work your ass off and get experience from each one of those clients and do it and just not try to 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 shortcut everything. Just do what you need to do to get the job done, meet your deadline. And, you know, make it a, you know, make it a piece that set, does what it's supposed to do. It sells if it's supposed to sell. Mm-hmm. That lead generates if it's supposed to lead generate. That, that uh, you know, continues the conversation or <clears throat> back ends. Whatever it's supposed to do. Even content, by the way. Content falls under all of this, too. So. Yeah, yeah. If you remember what, uh, I don't know if you were in the room at, at the event when Drayton said, you know, what is content? You know, it's all content. It's the content yeah. selling as well. So, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I do recall him saying that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's uh, I agree with you totally there. Um, but what what people really need to do is is start to get into some of the stuff that you've been teaching now, uh, John. I've been I've been studying your stuff over the years. I've had different courses in your books and. Uh, um, and I've uh, studied under guys like uh, Pete Godfrey back home in Australia, who's a big fan of yours, and, oh. and uh, um, uh, a bunch of your courses. And and uh, um, one of one of the the best ones that, that I went through is a simple writing system. So um, yeah. this is one that you're still running now. Um, yes, so, yes. Uh, I wonder if you could uh, uh, just mention that briefly. I've got a, a website for everyone as well. Yeah, um, basically it's, um, and we put, I've put over a thousand entrepreneurs and even veteran writers and a lot of rookie writers. And we've taken rookie writers, put them through the course and set them up with places like Agora uh, Financial. Agora is crawling with writers who have gone through the, the simple writing yeah. system. So what, what, it, what it is, basically it's a 18 step um, tutorial it's it's video tutorials each tutorial is short but we get people uh, a couple of weeks to get through it though i used to teach it in two days to a room full of people 
Um, so it, you can get through it. And I've known people who've gone through it in a weekend, but, but we do give people several weeks. Um, and there's two options. You can do it at home or you can do it in a online class with a professional writer vetted by me who will be your coach. Uh, so you, so you'll watch a video. I'll explain a, a part, one of the 18 parts and it, we, you know, it's a step-by-step -step process on how I actually wrote all of the controls that I wrote. I didn't know this process existed until Stan says, you're, you're going through a process. And so I started paying attention, attention to it and started naming it and realized, you know, first I thought it was 12 steps and I realized it was 18. And then I, I fleshed it all out. So I give a talk, very short talk on video. And then we have an exercise to make sure you get it. And the coach will look it over. And uh, it's got all the standard stuff, bullets and headlines and the clothes, but also research and understanding your, uh, your prospect as well as possible. All of that stuff is in there in order. So, if you, if, so a lot of writers actually go back to this and when they need to write a piece, they will just go through each step in order and write down what they need to do and, and put the whole thing together. And they got a killer pitch with, uh, that closes uh, sales. So the simple writing system has been around for over 10 years. Uh, hmm. I actually don't know. I think it might be 12 years now. Um, got a really good writer right now doing the coaching. He's a guy I've worked with for years, uh, over, over a decade. Uh, well-known professional and uh, it's easy to get in and like I said there's also an at-home version if, if uh, you don't want to do the online classroom thing but um, it's, it's a lot of fun and we, uh, we, we again we take entrepreneurs who either need to know how to write or need to know what good writing looks like so when they hire a freelancer or, or bring a writer on they will be able to recognize good stuff and they won't be bamboozled and a lot of experienced writers and rookies, um, uh, guys who just want to take it to the next step. So, yeah, I, I recommend the simple writing system to anybody in, in marketing. It's, it's got a lot of marketing, a lot of intuition. Uh, it's, there's good storytelling in it. It's, it's every, everything you ever dreamed of in a short course to get your chops together as quickly as possible and move up a couple of levels. Yeah, yeah. And, and like... To be honest, you're probably understating the value of it, you know, because it's one of the best uh, training courses out there. This is why I wanted to um, mention this at the uh, at the end of this call. Now, the link you gave me is a bit long and curly, so I, I've, I've shortened that up, and uh, people can go to funnelinfluence.com forward slash SWS, which is short for Simple Writing System. Now, that's not an affiliate link. I don't need I don't need a, a commission out of this. I just want people who are uh, on this call to go and check that course out and uh, get the best education, which uh, is the same that I had must be more than 10 years ago that I, that I went through the program. Uh, Do you remember who your, who your coach was? No, so it's so long ago. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know, but uh, um, it was uh, um, the way you Aussies party. It's no, no <laughs> that's probably too many beers. Wonder, between, yeah, that time Ten, years ago, was I alive? I forget. I was... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I don't drink anywhere near as much as I used to, but uh, um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, um, it, that was back in the day for sure. So yeah, um, yeah, um, I feel very strongly about this. Everyone should definitely go and and, and take that course. Funnelinfluence.com forward slash SWS. That'll take you to the uh, the page you can sign up for that. If you're listening on iTunes, do that. Um, or I'll also chuck that link up on the. Uh, website at geniusesofcopywriting.com. 
um, so that uh, you can go and click there and uh, and go through the course. So, so yeah, thank you, John. Uh, um, I have to say this was uh, an extremely valuable call. I've got I've got a page full of notes here myself, um, mm -hmm. which uh, doesn't always happen, but. Uh, uh, you know, I got a lot, a, lot, a lot out of this and I think that uh, our listeners will too. So thank you very much for coming along. Brian, it was a pleasure. Thanks for asking. Me. Appreciate it. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.